Okay, welcome back. We are here for week two, and this week is another live week. I guess every week is live, but this week is another live people in the room with me week. Uh, say something, make a noise. Good, it sounds like a Bengals crowd. Okay, so uh, we are in the series If Then, in which we're looking at different Bible stories that you've heard before, ones that are very well known, and looking at the moments of what if, the moments of where a decision was made, a, a something could have gone differently. Last week we talked about Cain and Abel and, and how if Cain had just listened to God or if Cain had just seen how Abel uh, was doing his best and how Abel was feeling about it, if he'd just changed one little thing and not murdered him, which is a big deal, but if he'd just done one thing different, like everything would have been different for him. Uh, this week we're going to go to another one and, and I'm going to read this before I talk about the title of it. It's the Telltale Heart, but before I talk about that specifically, uh, this is from 1 Samuel 24. After Saul returned from fighting the Philistines, he was told that David had gone into the wilderness of En Gedi. So Saul chose 3,000 elite troops from all Israel and went to search David and his men, uh, search for David and his men near the rocks of the wild goats. At the place where the road passes uh, some sheepfolds, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. But as it happened... David and his men were hiding farther back in that very cave. So, uh, relieve himself means using the bathroom. Uh, you can determine yourselves which kind of bathroom he was using, but probably number two. And so, uh, Saul is the king at the time. Basically, just to give a little bit of background, we know David. Uh, most people know the story of David and Goliath, which is kind of what sets this moment up. David killed Goliath, and he was a hero. He was the bravest person. He gave all his glory to God. And after he killed Goliath, everybody else is like, wow, that is amazing. He, he killed the biggest guy. Like, Saul didn't go out there. And so they'd sing songs about him, and they'd sing songs about how great he was. Uh, he, he knew the writing on the wall was like, hey, they want David to be the king. Like, God wants David to be the king. And so Saul, even before this story goes, he had a what-if moment. He had an if-then moment where he could have easily been like, yeah, you know what? I've had a good run. I will train him. Uh, if Going to football for a second since it started today. Back when Aaron Rodgers was drafted by the Packers, Brett Favre was the quarterback. And if you don't know football, you've probably still heard his name because Wrangler jeans and whatever else. And so Brett Favre refused to train Aaron Rodgers because he's like, I'm not giving, training somebody that's going to take my job. And so you see kind of the Saul thing there. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers ended up taking his job and being better. So it's a really good parallel. But... Saul didn't. Saul's like, I'm going to go kill him. Like, I'm going to find him and kill him. So he's searching. And he goes into the, the cave, which is his bathroom at this moment. And he's just, he doesn't think anything of it. Because when you use the bathroom, and I'm not going to go too far here, when you use the bathroom, you're not really in self-defense mode. You're just kind of at your weakest. You're at your most vulnerable. You're not really looking for threats. And if you are, you got to get a hold of your life. But anyway, so he's in the cave, and David is behind him. Not like directly behind him because that's gross but David and the men are in the back of the cave and here is where everything changes just a little bit because we go to the next part now's your opportunity David's men whispered to him today the Lord is telling you I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish so David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's rope uh, so here is where the what-if moment comes. Here is where David had a choice to make. And you see how he did it. He didn't kill Saul. But his men uh, who followed him, they were soldiers. They were his friends. They worked with him. They lived with him. They were on the run with him. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
This is your chance. And they weren't just saying, hey, we're tired and we want to go home just in this. Go slice his throat and kill him. They're like, God put him here. Now, how often in our lives do we hear people say things like that and not in a Christian capacity? It's like, well, this happened, so clearly it's God. Uh, it's such a tough thing to determine because you have to go to prayer. You have to talk to other people that, that are wise, other people that will listen. Um, you hear pretty much every person that wins an award talk about God. You hear every politician talk about God. Everyone says different things, and everyone says, well, God told me this. Uh, in sports, you always hear at the end of the game, like the quarterback or whoever saying, well, God was really with us. Well, does that mean he wasn't with the other people? And you hear all of these things where it's really confusing and you don't know because if it were really easy to know what God was telling you to do in a moment, then it'd be easy to know. But sometimes it's really hard and you don't actually have an idea yet. And so you have to really go deep into prayer, go deep into talking, really think about it, look for more evidence, all of these different things, which we know as Christians. And so the men are, are going with that. They're not saying to do, well, murder is bad, but they're not saying, hey, just do this for fun. They're like, God put him here. And it would be really easy here for David to see that and be like, well, why else would Saul choose this cave? Why else would Saul come here and be vulnerable? I could do this. And so his what if moment is kind of the flip of Cain's. Now it's the same topic, murder basically, which is, happens a lot in the Bible. But uh, he had this decision to make. And the different thing about him and Cain is no one would have blamed uh, David for murdering him because Saul was trying to kill him. If Saul had gone in there and David were using the bathroom, Saul would have absolutely killed him. And, and so David has to stop in the moment and be like, is God doing this? Like, is God really having me do this? Is God really putting this person in front of me? Uh, we will have things like this in our lives. Sometimes, uh, let's say that you're walking in the hallway and you're really worried about a test, uh, math or biology or gym or something that's really hard for you and there's a big test coming up or a big AP exam coming up and like you out of the corner of your eye you see out of your eye you see something fall out of somebody's briefcase because we're in the 1980s and everybody had briefcases now and, and so you see this paper fall out and you check it and it's like whoa this is the AP chemistry exam like all the answers God must have really wanted me to see this and we want that to be the case uh, and, and we think like that or man that, that guy that girl that I really like they, they asked me out, God must have put them in my path, and we always want things to be that case, but it's so hard to figure out. And so again, David could have easily justified this. And had he killed Saul, his men would have been like, sweet. And if he'd gone out of the cave, like the men that were following Saul, they wouldn't have been happy, but they would have been like, well, he's the king now. And some of them probably didn't like Saul. They were probably tired too. And so it probably would have gone okay for him. Uh, everybody would have gone together. It may have been a little skirmish, but probably not a big out, uh, full out war. And, and so David would have been like, hey, he's dead and I'm going to, to take you home and we're going to reunite and we're going to come together and we're going to build on this and we're going to have a better society and we're going to build a bridge into the future and we're going to do all of these different things. We're going to make Israel great again and all these different things that he's saying. And they would have been like, okay, well, we're done fighting, so let's go. And they would have gone home. And David still would have been the king. And, you know, spoiler alert for the future, David still became the king down the line. And so why wouldn't he? Like, nobody's going to be mad at him, but he would know that he had taken the easy way out. He would know that he had done something. And so you have to look at things like this, like going with the, the AP exam answers. Would God want you to cheat? Like, do the, the ends justify the means in that case? And so it's like, it's one thing 
if Saul walked in and David's standing there and they fight like David and Goliath and, and David wins, but to kill him at his most vulnerable in cold blood while Saul is not armed, while Saul's not expecting it, there is no way God would have called him to do that. And David knew that. And now David had his own problems down the line. Uh, David saw Bathsheba naked on a roof and is like, hey, I'm the king. I can do what I want. And so he's by no means perfect. But in this moment, he sees that. And all of this probably played out because he was tired. He'd lost his best friend. He'd lost his family. All of his life was way different. And he'd done nothing wrong. That's really the key here. He had done literally nothing wrong. He helped save Israel. He killed Goliath. He took out the Philistines. Uh, he served Saul like he did everything right. And we're kind of trained, going back a couple weeks, we talked about Hollywood ending. We're kind of trained that if we do everything right, we should succeed. If we train and we're there before practice and after practice, if we're studying every single day, then we should get A's. We should be on the team. We should be first chair. We should whatever. If we work really hard and we're doing our best, we should get the job that we want. We should uh, get the relationship that we want. All of these things, we're all trained to think that way. Now, most of us are mature enough to know sometimes life sucks. Sometimes life doesn't work out. But David literally had done nothing wrong. And so he even probably knew by now that God wanted him to be the king someday. And so again, he had not just a right versus wrong thing. He had a, what is right? Like a big, huge, uh, insane question of not just black and white, but gray. Like he had no idea. And so it's in those moments that we really find out who we are. To go to the title for a second, Telltale Heart. If you're familiar with Edgar Allan Poe, uh, I went to high school with him. He was a really nice guy, uh, weird, but he always had a raven on his shoulder. <laughs> okay, so, so uh, if nobody's going to laugh at you, laugh at yourself. So anyway, Edgar Allan Poe wrote a lot of weird stories, scary stories. One of my favorites and one of the ones that is most well-known is The Telltale Heart. And so basically, I'm going to super summarize this and cut it short. So if you have like a test or a paper to write about Telltale Heart, do not take my summary and be like, well, this is exactly how it happened. This is just me making it simple. Uh, now, if you want me to tell more about it, I easily can because I very rarely get to use my English majorness. And so in the story, somebody essentially kills some, well, definitely kills someone else. And then so that he doesn't get caught, and this is way back in the day, so there's no DNA, there's no cell phones, there's no fingerprints, nothing. Uh, pretty much you could kill whoever you wanted, and if you hid the body, you were good. And so he hid the body under the floorboards. Uh, and, you know, floored it up, boarded it up, whatever you want to say, made it look like new. He cleaned, he scrubbed, he made the blood go away, and it's just this dead body under there. And so people come over, they have some tea, they eat, and, and he's like, hey, you guys hear that? You guys hear that? Like, there's like a drumming or something. It's like you can hear, you can hear somebody drumming in the distance. Like, dude, you okay? Like, did you, did you have too many M&Ms while ago? Like, what are you doing here? You're a little jumpy. And like, he just kept, like, as they're talking and playing games and, and doing all these things, uh, somebody gets up the, the Nintendo pre-switch, and they're like, okay, let's hang out. Let's do this. And he's like, man, I, I can't follow the rhythm of Guitar Hero, which is, was what, banjo hero, no, that's not even old, uh, lute hero, lyre hero, whatever back then, harp hero, there we go, and, and he's like, I can't follow this, because it's all this beating, I can't, I can't hear anything, I can't think, and I'm like, dude, uh, do, do you need some help, like, what's going on here, uh, you're acting crazy, like, like, nobody even knows what you're talking about, nobody hears anything, we're all cool, and, and he just keeps doing it, he keeps doing it, and finally he's like, ah, I can't do it, I can't do it, and he runs, and he pulls up the floorboards, 
And he hears, he'd been hearing the heartbeat of the guy, but not really. It was just in his head because of guilt. And so that's to bring all the way back to David. Had David done this, all of the men, his friends, his family, uh, all of Israel probably would have been like, eh, you know, it's not the best, but he's the king. He's better than Saul. Like, he's better than Saul. He's going to lead us. He took Goliath like he, this was his. It's okay. But David would have heard Saul's heartbeat. He would have heard him in that cave. He would have known. He didn't even know I was there. His life ended and you never even know it. He had no chance to defend himself. He had no chance to change. Uh, one of the reasons, and I don't have to mansplain murder to you guys, but one of the reasons murder is thought to be the worst uh, sin by most people is you're not only killing somebody, which is against the Ten Commandments and is wrong, uh, against all laws, but you're also ending their chance to change. You're ending their chance to get saved. You're ending their chance to get better. And so David knew all of that. And so he would have heard that every day. Like I said, he still would have been king. He would have been powerful. But every day he probably would have been sitting there. And you know, the other thing is, when you are living a life uh, of two people, so let's say that at church you're one person and at school you're another. Or after school, you're one person, and during like business hours of school and church, you're another, however it works out. Uh, when you're at church, when you're at school, you're like, man, I hope nobody that was at that party sees me and asks me about it in front of my parents or in front of my friend, in front of whoever thinks differently of me. And then when you're at the other stuff, you're at the parties or whatever, you're like, man, I hope nobody from church comes and embarrasses me or sees what I'm doing. And you're constantly looking over your shoulder. You're constantly thinking. You're constantly hearing the telltale heart because of guilt, because you know that you cannot live two separate lives. Who you are is who you are, whether anybody's looking or not. And so David would have been constantly looking over his shoulder. One thing you'll find when people feel guilty for doing something wrong that nobody knows about, they suddenly see that in everyone. If they've lied and they didn't get caught, anytime somebody talks to them, like, you lying? If they've stolen something, didn't get caught, they're always like, did you steal that? Did somebody take this? Like, you're always looking because you have it on your mind, even if you don't realize you have it on your mind. So David would have seen treachery and betrayal and murder everywhere. And God knew that, and that's another one of the reasons he didn't put that in place. And so David walked back, and we're going to keep going. But when David's conscience began bothering him because he had cut Saul's robe, he was even guilty about cutting the robe, not doing anything. He told his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord, the king. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one, for the Lord himself has chosen him. So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. After Saul had left the cave to go on his way, David came out and shouted after him, my Lord, my king. And when Saul looked around, David bowed low before him. To go back just a second before I finish that last part. Uh, Whereas we're also, like, we see from movies and life and everything, like, if you do your best and you're going to succeed. Hopefully that's true, but sometimes it's not. Uh, we also think if we make the good choice, like, if we're in the heroic moment, if we do the right thing, then people are going to reward us. Even if they don't, like, give us gold or anything, they're going to be like, oh, good job. You know, that, that's a good job. Uh, when Beatrice does something good, I know that I never talk about her, but that's my niece. When she does something uh, fun or new or good or learn something like we clap for her and she gets really happy because it's a reward-based system for her to learn things uh, basically like an A early and so we are kind of geared that way even if we don't expect it even if we don't do it for that reason if we make the right decision and we don't sin or we don't do something wrong and other people know we're like well they're going to say ha they're going to be happy well I'm going to gamble and I don't know David's men probably weren't thrilled because they were 
out on the run with him. They were out on the road with him, and so they weren't happy. They were like, we want to get out of here. Like, why didn't you do this? Uh, going back to one of the historical movies of our time, Infinity War, uh, which is on my shirt, actually. Uh, there's this scene, and spoiler alert, but guys, it's been out for like four years now, so if you haven't seen it, sorry. And so there's this scene near the end where they're on uh, the moon Titan, and uh, they have like Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and Iron Man uh, and Star-Lord, like they're all there. And they have Thanos like on the ropes actually, like they've actually got a chance to end it before the war. And, and, and you know, they have his glove half off and Star-Lord loses it and people get mad at him because he was angry, because he was upset, because he was emotional. And, and like the glove is almost off, but then it isn't. And, and so it all ends up poorly in that movie and keeps going. And so everybody was mad at Star-Lord. One of the things I heard after that movie was like, man, he ruined everything. And it's like a movie, but people still talk about it. Like he ruined everything. He got so mad and let it get ahead of him. And they would get mad about Star-Lord getting mad and all of these different things because he acted human. Now he was wrong, obviously. But he didn't do what everyone else there wanted him to do. Now his reasons were not David's, but he didn't do it. And so David's men are kind of in the same place. Like it was on a silver platter, dude. Like, you had the chance. You could have taken him. You could have gotten the notes for the test. You could have cheated. You could have had that candy bar. You could have done this. Nobody was there. Your parents weren't home. You would have gotten away with it. And they get mad at you for doing the right thing sometimes. And David had to deal with it. And that probably all went through his head. And yet, he still was like, guys, I had to listen to God. I had to be me. I had to listen to my heart. I had to do what I could to do what was right and deal with the consequences. Because sometimes, and this is what sucks about the world, one of the things, sometimes there are negative consequences to doing the right thing. And it's insane. And we're in a world where we see people succeed for stealing, for lying, for, for doing bad things, for, for doing awful things, for saying awful things. And we see them rise in power, or rise in fame, or rise in money. And it's like, that's not fair. This person over here or me, I'm doing the right thing and I don't, I'm not a millionaire. You know, you'll see every once in a while people be like, how come NBA players make millions of dollars and teachers make 30,000? Well, you know, the easy answer is you don't have crowds of people to pay tickets to watch teachers teach. But besides that, it's like, hey, merit. And so sometimes things aren't fair. But that should not stop you from doing the right thing. What you should do is be like, well, what are the worst consequences, though? Because like I said, with David, he could have been king and people would have given him the power and been with him, but he would have always heard that heartbeat. He would have always heard the drums. He would have always looked for everything. And so if you cheat, if you do whatever wrong, like you're always going to have that. Even if you get away with it, like as you go, you're going to be like, what if, what if they find out? What if they, they, they come and find me? What if they, they, they realize that my car is the one that stole all the puppies and then sped down and, and ran over another puppy? And then I have a Bengal shirt on and, and I'm just so scared that the police are going to come busting in. Just random hypothetical example. You're always going to be asking, what if they find out? What if they come after me? And so David would have done that. And so he comes out. And this is where it gets weird because... He had done the right thing, but now he's even taken a step and he's facing Saul. Uh, then he shouted to Saul, Why do you listen to the people who say I'm trying to harm you? This very day you can see with your own eyes it isn't true. For the Lord placed you at my mercy back there in the cave. Some of my men told me to kill you, but I spared you. For I said, I will never harm the king. He is the Lord's anointed one. Look, my father, at what I have in my hand. 
It is a piece of the hem of your robe. I cut it off, but I didn't kill you. This proves that I am not trying to harm you and that I have not sinned against you, even though you have been hunting for me to, for me to kill me. May the Lord judge between us. Perhaps the Lord will punish you for what you are trying to do to me, but I will never harm you. As the old proverb says, from evil people come evil deeds. So you can be sure I will never harm you. Who is the king of Israel trying to catch anyway? Should he spend his time chasing one who is uh, worthless as a dead dog or a single flea? May the Lord therefore judge which of us is right and punish the guilty one. He is the advocate and he will rescue me from your power. So David kind of went Shakespeare there and went hardcore with the speech. Uh, But basically what he's saying is, hey, I could have killed you and I didn't. And he's not like expecting applause. He's not expecting Saul to say like, oh, good job. Way to not do the worst thing in the world. But he's saying this to say like, you have to get a hold of your life. Like, I'm not out to get you. I'm not trying to replace you. I'm just your servant. Like, I won't harm you. You can do whatever you want. And he's trying to speak reason to him. And that's good. If somebody's bullying you, if somebody's on you, if somebody's doing the wrong thing around you, try to speak reason. Sometimes it doesn't work. Uh, As you'll see, and I mention politics from time to time, as you'll see in the upcoming debates and the upcoming debates around the debates from all the people on all the parties that talk about it, uh, if you already believe a certain way, already think a certain way, you're going to change somebody's mind probably because they all make these decisions and like the debates aren't really debates so much as I say my point, you say my point, and then we insult each other. Like it's silly, but that's kind of what it is and that's where Saul is, but David still tried. You always try. And if you fail, you know, you move on. You pick yourself up. You're like, I did the right thing. I'm going to keep doing the right thing. I'm going to live in such a way that I don't cause someone else to sin. I don't cause someone else to fall. I'm going to live in such a way that I'm doing what's right. And if other people don't, I can't control that. Uh, Last part, when David had finished speaking, Saul called back, uh, is that really you, my son David? Then he began to cry. And he said to David, you're a better man than I am, for you have repaid me good for evil. Yes, you have been amazingly kind to me today, for when the Lord put me in a place where you could have killed me and you didn't do it, uh, who else would let his enemy get away when he had him in power? May the Lord reward you well for the kindness you have shown me today. And now I realize that you are surely going to be king and that the kingdom of Israel will flourish under your rule. Now swear to me by the Lord that, what ha- uh, that when that happens, you will not kill my family and destroy my line of descendants. So David promised this to Saul with an oath. Then Saul went home, but David and his men went back to their stronghold. If this were a movie, or if this were a book, we'd be like, well, they ended happy. Like David's going to go back, and Saul made a promise, and, and they really had this heart-to-heart moment. Because again, that's what we're geared towards wanting, towards expecting. Uh, And so, like, for a day, maybe, Saul's like, that was really cool. He didn't kill me, which, again, congratulations. Uh, And he's like, you know, maybe I was wrong about him. But then as he went home, he started thinking. He's like, I've done all these things. And you see, on Saul's side, once you've started to do the wrong thing, it's really hard to stop. It's not impossible because you can always change. You can always turn your life around. But it's really hard to stop. Like if you've started lying, you have to remember the lies and then make up new lies and you have like this big web of deceit around you because you have to make sure and maybe you say certain things to certain people, you're a certain person to a certain people and you have to keep it all straight. Or maybe you've just done the wrong thing. Uh, You've done drugs, you've gotten drunk or you've hurt someone, you've done something wrong, you've cheated. And, And so you have to do other things to cover it up like David did down the line. And so Saul, even though he may have meant it, and probably did mean it when he said that to, Saul, to David, he's like, wow, thanks, like, I'm going to change. He went home and he started thinking, but I've done this and I've done that and I want the power, like, I want to be king. And so as it continued, like, he continued chasing him, he continued trying to kill him, and it didn't end up well for Saul. 
But David kept doing the right thing, and he was on the run. And there were probably a couple years there at different times where he's like, man, if I'd just taken the easy way out, I'd be home right now. But because he didn't take the easy way out, when he did make it home, when he did make it back, when he was king, he didn't have to worry about uh, lying about what he'd done. He didn't have to worry about justifying. He's like, I did the right thing. Now, as I said, his life was not perfect, and he did make wrong decisions. But he did his best to do what he could to make up for that, too, and he kept going. Uh, And he learned, and when he made a wrong decision, when he decided to commit adultery, when he decided to cover up a murder, when he decided to lie, uh, you know, he paid the consequences for it. And after having it pointed out to him, he still was like, man, I really screwed up. Like, I did the wrong thing, and he owned up to it. And a lot of people would look at him differently, but he still was like, okay. And that's what the difference between him and Saul was. Because when Saul had a chance, that what if moment to change, he's like, nah, it's easier to be bad. It's easier to do what I want. It's easier to get what I want. It's easier to cheat. It's easier to lie. It's easier to steal. It's easier to do whatever makes me happy. It's easier for short-term happiness. It's easier to not care about other people. It's easier to always want to be right and not care if it is right. It's easier to always want to push people, to argue with people, to make them feel stupid because it makes me feel better. It's easier to do all of these things. And again, we see the people that live that way rewarded. And it sucks. And I can say, and I will say, that our reward is elsewhere. And that's nice. It's awesome to hear. It's comforting to know like, hey, in heaven it'll be better and I won't have to worry about this and and there won't be any sin or crying. That's all true. But when you're in the midst of dealing with people hating you with with tough times, it's really hard. And so you just have to remember, hey, this may be really hard to get through, but I will get through it. This may be really difficult. I may lose some friends, but I'm doing the right thing. And I can still carry that and know like, hey, I don't have to justify things. I'm just doing what's right. I don't have to worry about something coming back to haunt me because I did what's right. And if you have done what's wrong, if you have made a wrong decision, if you have gone the one way on the if, then, the what if, your life's not over. Saul's only was because he refused to ever change. But David, as I said, he super screwed up. And yet God forgave him because he asked for forgiveness and because he changed, because he became different again. And so there's always a way back. There is always a second chance, but you have to seek it. This series is fun for me because I like talking about alternate realities and I like thinking about things like that. I like thinking about what if David had done this? What if Cain had done this? What if whatever? One of the things that I've said and I've had series is about it, you are not like one choice. Whether it's right or wrong, you're not that choice. You are more than that. You're a series of choices. You're a lot of things. And you can always choose differently. You can always come back. You can always get forgiveness. All of these things. But every time you have something in front of you that seems too easy, that seems like it's too good to be true, really stop and be like, okay, is this really God putting it here? Is this really the right thing? Or do I just want it because it's easy? Do I just want it because it'll make me happy right in this moment? Will I have to worry about this? Do I have to do something wrong in order to, to justify this? And just really think about it. One of the things, again, that I say a lot is you guys are at this weird age where a lot of people expect you to be more adult and a lot of people expect you to be more of a kid and they expect you to be mature but also have no opinion and all of these things and it sucks. And even though I make a lot of old jokes, I'm not so old that I don't remember what that was like. 
And sometimes that can push you to do the wrong thing. It can push you to, to be a different person because you want to prove yourself. Well, I'll tell you this. It sucks to, to be on the run and have to use the bathroom in caves and, and not know if you're going to die. But David made it through it. And his life was way better because, yes, heaven will come someday, but you'll still have blessings in your life. And maybe it's not riches. Maybe it's not fame. Maybe it's not book publishings that you really want and want to pay off debts and things. Hopefully it will be still. But maybe it's just the fact that you know for a fact you made a difference, that you helped someone, that you did the right thing, that you lived a life worth living. And that's what you should look at. Even now, as you're able to do things, you're going to make mistakes. You are. The adults can tell you you're going to make mistakes in life. You're going to make the wrong decisions at times. Don't be like, okay, well, I'm going to make the wrong decision, so I might as well do it wrong here. No, no, no. But also be like, okay, well, I did, and I wish I hadn't made that, but instead of dwelling on it, instead of hearing the telltale heart, I'm just going to do better next time and keep doing better. Don't be like Saul and just let all of the bad decisions you've made, all of the wrong things, define you for the rest of your life. You are more than what everybody says you are. You are more than what you think you are. You are enough, and you can do this because even just by being here, even just by being alive, even just by hearing my voice right now, you are making a difference in life. I promise you that. So keep doing your best and keep doing what you can to do what is right and to help others see that, to see the better way. That's all I got.